Hello, welcome to the CVICU Notes podcast, and today we'll be talking about moderate sedation. My name is Cheryl Palmer. Today we'll find out about defining moderate sedation, when it might be used, appropriate patient selection, and when the anesthesia consult is recommended, pre-procedure, intra-procedural, and post-procedural preparation and care, and to describe moderate sedation medications and administration guidelines and identify physiological, not psychological, physiological changes that may occur during moderate sedation treatment measures and when to escalate the level of care. Definitions and indications for moderate sedation. Drug-induced depression of consciousness during which the patient responds purposefully to verbal commands either alone or accompanied by light tactile sedation or stimulation. During moderate sedation procedures, no intervention should be required to maintain a patent airway. Adequate spontaneous ventilation, cardiovascular function is preserved. Examples of procedures or conditions that require moderate sedation. Your TEE or transesophageal echocardiogram, bronchoscopy, chest tube insertion, endoscopy procedures, orthopedic joint rejections, pain management, seizure control, preoperative medications, pain control related to routine procedures. The equipment and supplies that you need are suction, oxygen, the airway, pharmacy or the meds, monitors, emergency equipment. Pertinent pre-procedure documentation includes a current history and physical, pre-procedure assessment, and sedation plan, and the American Society of Anesthesiologists ASA classification. Uh, ASA physical status classification. One is normal healthy patient. Two is a patient with mild systemic disease. Three, patient with severe systemic disease that affects daily activities. Four, patient with severe systemic disease that is a constant threat to life. And five, morbid patient is not expected to survive 24 hours without procedure. High-risk patients. A ASA status of greater than three increases the risk of possible adverse effects. History of a difficult airway management increases risk of difficult airway management. Obstructive sleep apnea increases risk for difficult bag, valve, mask, ventilation, and increased sensitivity to sedating medications. Tracheal deviation, visible neck mask, and a history of tracheostomy increases the risk for difficult intubation. History of severe pulmonary disease, home oxygen, or or baseline fats of less than 93% increases the risk for respiratory depression. Morbid obesity 
increases the risk for difficult bag valve mask ventilation, and it increases the risk for supine obstructive apnea due to decreased functional residual capacity. Chronic alcohol abuse may increase medication dosing needs. A BMI greater than 40 plus signs of potentially difficult airway increases the risk for difficult airway management in emergencies. Age 70 or older may increase sensitivity to medications due to diminished clearance. History of failed sedation increases risk for respiratory and or cardiovascular compromise that precedes intended sedative effect. Recent oral intake with a violation of NPO status increases the risk of aspiration. GERD, slow gastric emptying, hiatal hernia, and increased intragastric pressure increases risk for aspiration. Altered level of consciousness decreases ability to protect the airway. So all those are signs of your, for your high-risk patients that you should look out for. Predictors of a difficult airway, teeth and bite, missing, loose, or de decayed teeth, caps, crowns, dentures, indentulous, significant overbites or underbites, mouth opening and neck mobility, Less than three finger breaths between the top and bottom teeth may complicate intubation. Limited neck mobility, a short neck. Thyromental distance, that's the thyroid cartilage to chin. Less than three finger breaths can be associated with a difficult intubation. Facial hair may impair appropriate Mask, mask ventilation. Pre-procedure preparation. This includes the attending physician's complete history and physical, informed consent and procedure verification, review of the nursing assessment, and documented sedation plan and NPO status. Procedure verification. Verify the procedure to be performed. Verify the patient by having the patient state their name and date of birth. Verify the side and or site. Mark the laterality. Medication considerations. Patient should have a documented sedation plan based on the patient's assessment and history. An order is required before obtaining and administering any medication. Timed verbal orders should be written before any additional medications are obtained. A physician must be present when a nurse administers the medication. Patients should have a documented sedation plan based on their assessment and history. Um, again, you have to have an order before obtaining the and administering the medication. And the time verbal order should also be written, and the physician must be present when the nurse administers. Sedative medication administration guidelines. Medazolam or Versed. 
Usual dose is 0.5 to 2 milligrams IV. The onset of this midazolam is two to five minutes. The peak effect is five to seven minutes, and the duration is 20 to 40 minutes. Midazolam is a preferred benzodiazepine, short-acting, causes um, amnesia, and potentiates a narcotic effect. Potent sedative that must be given slowly, administering over two minutes, unless this physician asks you to administer it much quicker. Never give as a single large bolus dose. Rapid or excessive IV doses may result in respiratory depression or arrest. Side effects. Mild cardiac and respiratory depressant and paradoxical response or agitation. Highly synergistic when given with fentanyl, so be careful when you're giving those two together. The next drug is fentanyl, otherwise known as duodesic. The dose is 25 to 50 micrograms IV. The onset is one to five minutes. The peak effect is in one to two minutes and the duration from 30 to 180 minutes. Fentanyl is the preferred narcotic analgesic, short acting, has an immediate response and provides excellent, energy, excellent analgesia. It is 75 to 125 times more potent than morphine. Potent respiration depressant that may result in severe hypoventilation and apnea. A rapid IV dose can lead to rigid chest wall and difficulty breathing. Side effects include cardiovascular depression, bradycardia, and hypertension. That's a hypotension with the O. And highly synergistic when given with midazolam. So be careful with giving midazolam and, and fentanyl together for moderate sedation. Reversal agents. Flumazenil or romazacon. The dose is 0.2 milligrams IV. The onset is one to two minutes. The peak effect is in six to 10 minutes. The duration is 45 to 60 minutes. The maximum dose is one milligram. Side effects include resedation, benzodiazepine withdrawal. Patients receiving flamazanil must be monitored in recovery for two hours after the dose, as resedation may occur. Naxalone or Narcan. The dose is 0.1 to 0.2. I've seen 0.4 given. IV, milligrams IV. The onset is in one to two minutes. Peak effect is five to 15 minutes. Duration is 30 to 45 minutes. The maximum dose is 0.4 milligrams. Side effects include recidation, possible excitement, pulmonary edema, narcotic withdrawal, untreatable pain. Patients receiving Naxalone must be monitored in the recovery two hours after the dose as resedation may occur. Sedation medication dose and effects. Here they are. 
decreased respiratory drive, decreased upper airway tone, decreased protective airway reflexes. When benzodiazepines are administered with opiates, their effect becomes highly synergistic. All moderate sedation agents should be given in small incremental doses and titrated to clinical effect. Sedation level, moderate sedation or constant sedation. Here are some definitions for you. Responsiveness, responsive to verbal or tactile stimulation. Airway, spontaneous ventilation, no interventions required. Spontaneous ventilation is adequate. So this is what you should see during moderate sedation. Sedation level, deep sedation, this is what you will find. Responsiveness, response following repeated or painful stimulation. Airway interventions may be required. Spontaneous ventilation may be inadequate. Sedation level may rapidly and unpredictably progress to deep sedation. A deeper level of anesthesia increases the risk of adverse events and poor, possibly poor outcomes. Recognize and manage promptly and effectively as any unintended deeper level of sedation. Recognition of adverse effects. Unarousable to light stimulation, snoring, change in the sedation score, changes in blood pressure or heart rate if of 20% plus or minus from the baseline, arrhythmia, O2 sat decreases 5% from pre-procedure or is less than 92%. Signs of dyspnea, apnea, hypoventilation, obstruction. Cyanosis, that is a late sign of hypoxemia. Rescue action, maintain the airway and suspend the procedure. Reevaluate the level of sedation and return of adequate ventilation. Consider rescheduling under anesthesia care if any of the above events, adverse events occur. Cardiovascular complications, hypotension, response to sedation, low volume and cardiac medication, hypertension, pain, blood pressure meds held. Dysrhythmia, you can have bradycardia or tachycardia. Airway obstruction, the oropharynx and glottis are the most common sites of obstruction. Ventilation assessed by entitled CO2. Oxygenation is assessed by pulse oximetry or SpO2. Hypoxia. Often caused by hypoventilation due to over sedation or airway obstruction. Increasing supplemental O2 will not prevent hypoxia if the airway is obstructed. Desaturation is a late sign of airway obstruction. Laryngospasm. Irritant on the vocal cords induces sudden disclosure, occluding, or 
occluding the airway, impeding gas exchange. You could have an inspiratory strider. Attempt to resolve using bag valve mask, positive pressure ventilation, or jaw thrust. Airway complication sedation level. The adequacy of ventilation shall be evaluated by continual observation of clinical signs and monitoring for the presence of exhaled carbon dioxide. Loss of entitled CO2 may mean airway obstruction, apnea, mouth breathing, shallow breathing with small tidal volumes. Airway rescue. Implement verbal and tactile stimulation. Manually open the airway and call for assistance. Head tilt, chin lift, jaw thrust. If effective spontaneous respirations do not return, insert a nasal or oral airway. If there's no improvement, stop the procedure. Bag, mask, and ventilate. Oh, bag, mask, ventilate. Confirm adequate ventilation with chest movement, auscultation of breath sounds, and the entitled CO2. Consider a reversal agent and implement your BLS, ACLS as needed. Call for anesthesia assistance, rapid response team, or cold blue team as appropriate. Maintain a patent airway and manually ventilate until help arrives. Bag mask ventilation challenges. Needs to be performed correctly. Bag mask ventilation can be complicated by any condition that impairs an effective seal. Characteristics of possibly possible difficult bag mask ventilation are obese, beard, elderly, snores, indentulous. Oral airways. Oral airways should only be used if the patient is unconscious or unresponsive with no gag reflex. For correct sizing, measure from the corner of the mouth to the angle of the jaw or the corner of the mouth to the tip of the earlobe. Use a tongue blade to displace the tongue to insert the oral airway. Verify patency of the airway. Ascultate breath sounds and reassess the patient's respiratory status. Remove the oral airway when the patient regains a gag reflex to prevent vomiting and aspiration. Nasopharyngeal airway contraindications. Anticoagulants, prone to nosebleeds, obstructed nasal passages, facial head trauma, Cranial vault communication is suspected. Nasopharyngeal airway insertion. Select the appropriate size because improper placement can occlude the airway and cause respiratory distress. Measure from the tip of the nose to the tip of the airlobe. Lubricate the outer cannula. Guide the beveled edge upward toward the septum and follow the natural airway curvature. If you need assistance, stop, remove the airway, and try the other nostril. Verify patency of the airway. 
auscultate breath sounds and reassess the patient's respiratory status. Documentation. Medication administration by drug, dose, route, and time given. Vital signs assessment every five minutes or more frequently if you need to. Blood pressure, heart rate, rhythm, and respiratory rate. Oxygen saturation, entitled CO2, sedation and patent score, percent oxygen delivered and method of delivery, type and volume of fluids, any interventions performed to sustain vital signs, and the procedure in time. Discharge criteria. So now this is more for um, the you know, ambulatory areas versus a critical care area. Um, this includes a physical assessment score equal to above the pre-procedure score. Stable vital signs O2 stat greater than 94%. Adequate pain management. Must have a physician's order for discharge. All patients must be accompanied by an adult accepting responsibility for the patient. If a reversal agent is given, the patient must remain in the recovery area for two hours post-administration of that reversal agent. Remember to make sure they don't have any um, reoccurrence of sedation. Things that we have that are reportable quality indicators. Death, intubation, outpatient that's admitted and hospitalized, use of reversal agents, emergency calls like anesthesia, rapid response, and cold blue, CPR administered, failure to return to a baseline status, change in oxygen appliance to maintain oxygen saturation, manual airway support, such as a chin lift, artificial airway, or a bag mask, hemodynamic compromise, this may vary by institution. Please refer to your hospital-specific policy for reportable quality indicators. You may have to enter these into your um, safety system so that it can be tracked. But again, refer to your hospital-specific policy. Thank you for listening, and I hope this was helpful. Um, you can keep in contact with me on CherylPalmer.com. And Instagram is the Cheryl Palmer. And you also can catch up with me on YouTube. It's CVICU Notes Podcast. Until next time.